0: This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about structured settlements from Ringler Associates, the first name in structured settlements, helping injured people and their families since 1975. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by Allstate, American General, John Hancock, Liberty Mutual, MetLife, Mutual of Omaha, New York Life, Pacific Life, and Prudential. Now join Ringler Radio host Larry Cohen.
1: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Ringler Radio. I'm Larry Cohen, the head of Ringler Associates Northeast Operations, and we're awfully glad you could join us again today. Well, today on Ringler Radio, we have a very special show. We're going to be talking about the Boston Marathon bombing and how a group of Massachusetts attorneys have been providing legal assistance for the many victims of that terrible tragedy. As you know, three people were killed uh, in the bombings, and more than 260 people were injured. Uh, And their recuperation continues to be a long road for all of them, not to mention those who were traumatized emotionally. Our special guest today is going to talk about all of that, and especially one organization in Boston that's offering legal assistance for the victims. He's attorney Paul White, a partner at the law firm of Sugarman, Rogers, Barshak, and Cohen right here in Boston. Paul has more than 25 years' experience as a trial lawyer, having tried numerous civil jury trials to verdict as well as handling numerous mediations and appeals. He was originally trained as a barrister over in uh, the U.K. before moving to the United States in 1984 and becoming a partner at the firm in 1990. Paul is also the current chair of the Massachusetts Bar Association's Civil Litigation Section and is the chair of the MBA's Pro Bono Marathon Project. Well, thanks, Paul, for joining us today to talk about this important, important topic.
2: That's my pleasure, Larry, and thank you for having me.
1: Not at all. This is uh, wonderful to have you here. Well, Paul, once the headlines uh, begin to fade on an event like the Marathon bombing, we don't often hear about the organizations within the community that reach out to help victims like those uh, that were devastated in that event. Uh, The medical and the psychological needs surely don't fade, Uh, but we don't often think of the ongoing need for legal assistance. Uh, I Well, the Mass Bar Association stepped in right away and continues to offer help to those victims. So tell us, Paul, about the Mass Bar Association's Pro Bono Marathon Project and how it came about.
2: Sure. Well, well, let me start off by saying that um, I think what the MBA has done is really consistent with what so many groups in our community, just picking up on what you just said, Larry, Mm -hmm. uh, have done. you know there has been an extraordinary outpouring of support and help um i've said you know when i've been asked about this in the past that, that this was um a, an event where we saw you know some a, a, an event of just just evil proportion but it has Absolutely. been followed by you know uh it has been followed by a series of you know just in, incredible human good uh and and it's really great to see how the community has responded that way um, uh, and we've seen it you know from doctors from uh, people in related fields uh, who've helped the victims and and the legal community I think has been very much a part of that effort so what the NBA has done is uh, really right away under the leadership of Bob Holloway who is the, the president of the NBA this year wanted to pull together um, a response that would do what we could do as lawyers to help the victims, and we recognized that at a minimum there were going to be people who were going to have some immediate legal needs um, they may have been um, housing needs they may have been employment needs uh, but that we wanted to provide them with whatever uh legal assistance they that they would need and to that to to provide them with some reassurance that they wouldn't have to pay for it so um so. Uh, I was asked to head a project that uh, at least initially focused on that um and uh we we put out the call and the response was overwhelming um We have about seventy lawyers who have signed up in various ways to help the victims and they have uh, they've they're lawyers in a variety of different areas you know um sure. as i say housing sure. employment um, litigation uh um, we have a law firm that has stepped forward and that has helped uh in the negotiation of contracts that sure. uh, have been needed to uh, assist a group of uh of people in the in the home building trades who have pulled together to sure. help provide rehab services and uh there's actually been a need right uh, you can believe it to negotiate contracts. For that. Yeah,
1: sure. Now, Paul, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some of those areas specifically with some questions moving down the road here. But uh, tell us some of the stories you've heard from people who've uh, contacted the many pro bono lawyers through the Mass Bar Association. What kinds of help were those people seeking?
2: Well, some of them were immediate needs with things like. Uh, um, well, let me let me let me let me back up and just say one other thing, Larry. That would yeah, sure. that would uh, that would fill that like gap, and that is that uh, we also provided uh, a a couple of dial a lawyer programs so that people who just had questions. You know, a lot of people in situations like this have questions. They don't know uh, how to deal with a problem. They don't know sometimes whether they even have a legal problem. Sure. So one thing that we did was that we provided a couple of nights of lawyers who came in and just answered the phones for victims or victims' families uh, about questions that they had. And those threw off a number of legal issues that we followed up with with representation as well. So, um, So to answer your question, there were truly a host of issues from some of them were very, were very minimal. You know, um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: am I entitled to disability payments? Um, uh, can my landlord, uh, uh, insist that I pay rent, you know, at a time when I'm not getting income? Um, can you help us negotiate with uh, our landlord, um, to issues like, um, how do I, uh, how do I deal with credit card companies that um, that uh, uh, I can't pay for right now, and uh, what are my legal rights as far as that is concerned? So there were those sorts of uh, those sorts of legal issues, um, and then there were the issues of people who uh, who were injured and who needed compensation. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of questions, uh, as you can imagine, about sure. whether or not there was going to be any basis to recover compensation. Um, and, of course, there were two opportunities that we have helped people with. One is uh, one is a, a, um, a statutory victim compensation mm-hmm. uh, recovery that is, uh, by statute, now uh, uh, $50,000. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were able to help people apply for that. And, of course... Uh, a very significant amount of our time has been spent in both helping victims apply to the One Fund and also um, uh, getting involved in discussions and negotiations with Ken Feinberg about how the One Fund should. Sure.
1: We're going to talk about the One Fund in a few minutes, uh, but let me go back to the folks that were calling. Uh, lawyers responded to those calls in a, in a big way uh, wasn't it something like 70 attorneys, I think you mentioned it, 70 attorneys that responded to that call for help from all of those people that seemed lost at the time?
2: Just from the Massachusetts Bar Association alone, we sure. had 70 attorneys who stepped forward and uh, and offered to uh, help in whatever ways they could within their fields. And And I really think that is, um, that's a statement about our profession, and I think that too often we... We get um, a, a bad name in the press, and it is so unjustified mm-hmm. um, in in so many ways. You know, uh, our profession as a whole, I think, is um, one of the professions that does more than any other to reach out and do work for the community, not just within the bar associations, but individual lawyers who are members of the boards and who sure. uh, get involved in charitable and legal pro bono activities, uh, and that... That, that response to me was just very typical of what I expected and what I've seen in the
1: past. Well, what's so commendable, Paul, is that this volunteer group of lawyers is still taking calls from uh, those in need, and they're, they're doing it all for free. Uh, let me give out the phone number for those of the f- folks in our audience who may not know it. It's 617-338-0695. And that's the number you call to uh, reach this uh, volunteer group of lawyers that's providing this pro bono work uh, for all of the victims out there. Well, other than people who were injured, Paul, there were some 400 businesses that were impacted by the bombings. And uh, they also needed uh, some assistance filling out insurance claim forms. Uh, isn't that right? Didn't the Mass Bar Association's volunteer lawyers also hear from a lot of business owners?
2: Well, we offered to do that, and we have done some of that, and I know that the Boston Bar Association has also responded in that way to some of the businesses uh, in the Back Bay that were affected by uh, by the incident.
1: No question. You know, let's talk about this uh, one fund you mentioned earlier. Uh, I understand the Mass Bar Association donated $10,000 to One Fund Boston. Uh, That's the fund that was set up by the mayor and the governor to provide financial help to all of the victims. One Fund Boston uh, currently has raised more than $64 million from donations, uh, and the distribution of those payments began uh, on June 30th. The Mass Bar Association has called for an extension to the deadline for filing uh, for these financial assistance claims from the One Fund Boston Tell us about that and where the uh, where it stands. The uh, the extension on the deadline for people to still file.
2: Well, um, firstly, you know the, the 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 response of people to give money like that reflects something that we were just talking about a moment ago. You know the the extraordinary goodwill of people in this city and in the country to help. Uh, um, and I think it's probably um, one of them, the 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 biggest efforts that has been made, uh, out of all of the tragedies that we've seen in, in, you know, in recent years to put together an effort like that is, uh, is, is amazing. It was extraordinary. It, it was extraordinary. Thing, more money than, uh, I mean, six, we're at six to almost 65 million now. So, so from the earliest time that the fund was set up, we, uh, we wanted to Understand. Since we had made a commitment to help the victims, we wanted to understand how the money was going to be distributed. Because mm-hmm. this is not governmental money. This is not. Uh, this is this is private money from private citizens like you and me, and from organizations like the NBA and a whole host of other organizations. So we wanted to know and understand uh... and be able to offer our thoughts about how it should be done Um uh, and that process was uh... both uh... i think valuable um... Uh, and, but on occasion has also uh, been somewhat frustrating for us uh... because we have been disappointed frankly with the way in the end that ken feinberg um, decided to make those awards um, he made an announcement. You may be aware of this, sure. Larry, but for uh, listeners uh, who may not, he had initially made an announcement that there was going to be a uh, a distribution that would take place at the end of June. And one of our concerns was the 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 indication that uh, Ken Feinberg gave that he was going to come up with a process that would be a very streamlined process. And we were concerned, and I think rightly so, that in uh, in, in putting such a premium on speed that he was not going to be able to adequately ensure that uh, all of the victims who had different types of injuries would really get a fair shot at having their their injuries fully reviewed to make sure that people who had really been uh, hurt and had some injuries that may not have been obvious or or be be so clear under the protocol that he put in place would get what they deserved and and, and the problem became very clear as the money was being distributed, which was that um, he he used he used a um, he used a uh, a protocol in which he, in addition to making awards based on whether or not a victim had a, a limb amputation, and, and those were obviously very clear. Um, but in addition to that, what he did for the, the the many other injuries, and I think the total number of people who had limb amputations was something like. 20 to 25 people. So Mm -hmm. when we're talking about the whole group of victims over 250, you know, the very large part were those who were in what we call categories C and D. So categories A and B were people with permanent brain injuries or limb amputations. And categories C and D were everybody else.
1: Paul, what about the people, the many people who were injured but may not have gone to any hospital? There, There must be a large number in that category. Isn't there? Injured but never went to the hospital?
2: So, problem that we have, and the answer to that question is we really don't know. And that's one of the reasons why we're concerned and one of the one of the activities that the NBA is engaging in right now, which is hoping that even though sixty one million dollars has been paid out already, that that there is still money coming in to address what we think is the potential that there are victims who simply did not come forward because of the protocol that was put in place. So our concern is that there were people, for example, and let me give you an example, Larry, because it's it's easier to understand this if you have an example. Mm-hmm. Um, hearing loss is a very good example. Um, cognitive injuries are the second example, I think. But let's just do hearing loss for example. As you would expect, there were lots of people who suffered some sort of hearing loss who were victims in the vicinity of the vomit. We know that that's the case. The thing about hearing loss is that you don't know at the time whether or not it's going to be temporary or permanent. And you hope that it's just going to be temporary. A lot of people who suffered permanent hearing loss are people who realize that they have that problem after several days have gone by and their hearing is not coming back. So... We we understand that there were a number of people who, um, on the day of the bombing, did not go to a hospital. Um, The number of people that were going there were flooding the Boston hospitals. It's very important to understand what was going on. I mean, we were dealing with major triage situations, uh, and people were very mindful of the fact that the hospitals were bursting. They were they were dealing with these incredible emergencies. So it is not surprising that people would have decided that they would wait before going and dealing with a problem like hearing loss. Wow. Uh, under the protocol that Ken Feinberg put in place, if you didn't go to an emergency room on the day of the incident, you didn't qualify to get an award. So we believe that there are a number of people and sure. we, we certainly are aware of some uh, who simply didn't make an application because even though they may ultimately have discovered they had a permanent hearing loss, they didn't qualify yeah. uh for a recovery under the protocol can find book put in place. And we think that's wrong because we don't have any doubt that the donors to this fund would have expected that people like that should be uh, should be among the class of people who should get
1: recovery. From well, them. you know, it's interesting, Paul. It's never easy when any of these funds for any of these tragedies have been administered. There's always been some, uh, some, uh, you know, objections and some uh, problems with uh, how the funds been distributed, the timing, et cetera. These these issues always seem to arise. It's just an amazing thing. But uh, we'll talk about that in just a few minutes because uh, we'll be back in a minute to talk more with Attorney Paul White about the terrific work being done by uh, lots of lawyers in Massachusetts. We're helping the many victims of the Marathon bombing. We'll be right back.
0: This is Ringler Radio from Ringler Associates, the leader in the structured settlements profession nationwide. Did you know that Ringler is involved in a third of all structured settlement cases in the country? Ringler Associates works with all the parties in a lawsuit settlement to find the best possible financial solution for the people involved. When it's your interest at stake in a lawsuit settlement, you want only the best financial plan. You can count on Ringler Associates to structure a customized plan that meets the needs of you and your family for the future. Visit ringlerassociates.com to learn more. There's a Wrangler Associate in all the major cities of the U.S. No one has more experience than a Wrangler Associate. Check out our new website at www.wranglerassociates.com for the best information for claimants, legal professionals, and claims personnel and to find the Wrangler Associate nearest you.
1: Welcome back to Ringle Radio. Glad you could join us. I'm joined today by attorney Paul White from uh, the law firm Sugarman, Rogers, Barshak & Cohen right here in Boston. And we're discussing the uh, just the inspiring uh, amount of support from the Boston legal community after the Boston Marathon bombings. Paul, you know, in addition to uh, all of the uh, many, many stories that we're hearing, we're also starting to hear some very uh, intriguing stories about some of the folks who really participated in this process and yet are having some difficulties uh, trying to reach the compensation that you you were trying so hard to provide for them. Uh, tell us about Joanna Lee of Jamaica Plain, a neighborhood right here in Boston. Uh, tell us her story. Right. So that's a tragic case.
2: Um, this is a woman who is uh, in her thirties. Um, she's a successful uh, uh, woman who is involved in. Um, Working overseas, um, providing aid—I mean, the irony of it is enormous. You know, she devotes her life to sure. helping other people, and as part of her work, she had been trained. Actually, this is the sort of backstory to to this woman's situation. She had been trained in emergency first aid herself. So when the first bomb went off, both her training and her her own. Her own natural reaction was such that she went to help, and uh, she knew the help would be needed, and she ran towards the first bomb to help victims when the second bomb went off, and she actually was running into the area of the blast of the second bomb. She was knocked off her feet, um, but picked herself up and carried on without realizing, and without realizing until days later that she'd actually suffered a severe concussion uh as one would expect larry you know in a situation like this where the where the uh the incident is a bomb blast um so she suffered just the sort of injury that should have been covered by the protocol that was ultimately devised um she uh she helped uh, other victims um declined a suggestion that she' go to hospital for just the reason that I had been saying earlier, which is that the ambulances were crowded, she knew the hospitals would be crowded, and she didn't recognize that she herself had any physical injury at that time she was only about ten ten feet, I think it was, 10 feet or 10 yards, but a very short distance from the second bomb, but she was incredibly lucky to not be hit by any shrapnel, Uh, but she was so close that she was knocked off her feet, so she didn't go to hospital, she didn't take up the offer to go uh, to a hospital. Ultimately, Ken Feinberg, um, I think out of sympathy for her, uh, at least uh, included her within Category D, but really... You know, that doesn't come close to uh, reflecting the injuries that this poor woman has, which is that she has a diagnosed brain injury. Mm. Um, uh, She's going to have it from... A very long time we don't know whether she will ever recover but and she's been treated and diagnosed by a leading world expert on on post head injuries mm. um, He can't say with certainty that she has a permanent brain brain injury, although in all likelihood she does mm-hmm. um, but uh but, but Ken Feinberg's, uh, um, uh view of category one was that permanent brain injuries um Uh, means that you're essentially a vegetable Um, we take issue with that Uh, we don't think that's how that was set up but but, uh, as a result he didn't put her in category one and he put her in category D which means she gets just eight thousand dollars
1: and is there any ability to appeal that or is she going to have to suffer from that category so
2: so we we um, uh, were able to provide her with a with a lawyer who's been representing her pro bono and done a wonderful job. Um and uh and I know that he has submitted uh, a request to the one fund uh following that award to ask them to reevaluate her situation. Um and I, I there is not at this point a uh, a system in place for appeals um as such or requests for reconsideration and I think um, that's something that I hope the one fund will 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 look at and think about whether or not they can. Particularly given that money is still coming in at this point, that, sure. that um, it would be really great if they could if they could provide some sort of review system. Uh, and clearly, for somebody like her, she merits uh, well, the trustees taking a look at her sure, situation I, again.
1: And I assume that's what your your whole group is going to be trying to pursue. Try to. Uh, institute or instill in the program some ability to appeal and to uh, reconsider some of these uh, you know quite onerous uh, results for some of these brave, brave people and uh, Paul is also a doctor uh, from Birmingham, Alabama, Scott Weisberg, who uh, was actually one of the runners uh, He also had some issues uh, and difficulties tell us tell us about him
2: so he's um he's uh, one of these people who fits into that category that we were talking about a little earlier about a person with hearing loss. Uh, he um he is a practicing physician um he suffered a hearing loss that uh, in one ear and he already had uh um some hearing loss in another ear um just as i do uh and uh that hearing loss was made worse uh by the bomb so he is somebody who has been dramatically affected so um uh, his limited hearing loss in one ear has been made worse, and he's suffered uh, what appears to be a permanent hearing loss in the other ear to the point that he doesn't feel comfortable continuing to you know, be treating patients at the moment where he can't hear. Um, I understand, for example, he can't even hear uh, a child's heartbeat through a stethoscope. So that's really one of the things that we're talking about, which is that, that that you've got to look at the injuries. You've got to look at what the impact of the injuries are.
1: Paul, is he going to be able to qualify for financial help from the fund?
2: He was not awarded any money as a result of the fact that he was not hospitalized and he didn't go to a hospital that day. So he doesn't qualify under a protocol. So he doesn't qualify, Larry, under the protocol that is in place. And what the NBA is concerned about here, and he's really a very good example of this, is that the protocol is designed to be a rough measure of figuring out who's been injured. But the fact is that uh, this gentleman demonstrates very clearly that he has a real and actual injury. So what we're saying is look at the injury itself. You don't need to look at a... uh, an, an approximate measure, which is days in the hospital, if he he didn't have any days in the hospital, but you know that he has an actual real injury. This is somebody who, for goodness sake uh is a victim of this tragedy uh mm-hmm. just just as much as any of the others were, and um it's very disappointing to us that 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 he would not qualify
1: I know that uh there's going to be some, obviously, some uh, adjustments made in the future as some of these people, like uh, Scott Weisberg and Joanna Lee, and those stories come out. That I, th- I think, if nothing else, the public will demand it. But uh, you know, the other thing I was going to tell you, Paul, is uh, that fund, even though it's it's built over sixty-four million dollars, uh, the one fund. Uh, I know a lot of businesses and folks that I've talked to that around Christmas time of this year, when people like to give gifts out. Uh, I think some of the 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 biggest benefactors of those gifts are going to be charities like the One Fund, so I think that that fund will continue to grow. So back to your uh, initiative, the uh, the Mass Bar Association's pro bono initiative. If someone is listening here, Paul, and wants to contact the uh, pro bono marathon project effort, how do they do that?
2: They. They, the best way that they can do it is to call a number that you gave out. And if you could give that number out again, Larry, that would be great. So I that's will. a direct line to the MBA Community Relations Department. We have a, we have that line manned specially for uh, this program. Um, and any person who calls will either be put directly in touch with uh, MBA, uh, on the MBA on-the-spot person who is handling these requests and what then happens is that um, the request gets uh, uh funneled to me and i have got a list of you know 70 or 80 superb lawyers who have volunteered and what i will do is match the request depending upon what the uh what the need is to a lawyer who will provide um the needed legal service in the area that is uh, being called
1: for. Well, that's terrific and I'm happy to uh give out the number again. It's six one seven three three eight zero six nine five. 338 695 and uh, go ahead and call and uh, as Paul said, he uh he'll sort out those uh that, that information and get you to the right uh, the right lawyer to give you some help. So, uh bottom line, Paul, uh we're happy to have you on the show. We uh Thrilled that uh, you're uh, so actively involved in trying to help all these uh, victims. Uh, it's it's a certainly a uh, commendable thing for the Mass Bar Association to have done, and we thank you for that uh, on behalf of all the citizens uh, all around the world who uh, looked upon this uh, heinous uh, crime and, uh, with, with, with a lot of uh, disgust. So, uh, Paul, if someone wants to get a hold of you, how would they do that?
2: If they want to get a hold of me personally? Oh, yes,
1: as a lawyer. They, if they can say, call if they me said, in
2: my office. Yeah, they can just call me in my office, and I would be delighted to uh, to speak to them about uh, uh, either about this or, you know, what I do sure. in my usual life, which sure. is just be a lawyer.
1: Super. Well, uh, I just want to remind our audience that if anyone wants to uh, contact any of the Ringler Associates out there, they can go to ringlerassociates.com, uh, all of the— uh, Many, many structured settlement brokers from Ringler Associates are listed there. All of them are. And you can also access all of the Ringler Radio shows. Uh, download them from RinglerRadio.com, RinglerAssociates.com, or LegalTalkNetwork.com, or even in iTunes where you can uh, download them and uh, listen at your leisure. And, uh, Paul, I, I want to thank you very much for an enlightening show. Uh, a lot of people out there are hopefully going to... Uh, Continue to donate to the fund, and uh, I know you're, you're facing some of these dilemmas you mentioned about trying to get certain people uh, the compensation that they deserve from uh, having been involved in this, uh, in this incident. So thank you again for what you do, and to all of our uh, folks out there listening, thanks again, and go have a great day.
0: The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio with over a million listeners. Ringler Associates, the first name in structured settlements. Visit ringlerassociates.com today.